and they are achieving things, but they're never achieving satisfaction. Mm. They're just, they're, they're constantly edging themselves. Hey everybody, welcome to No Small Thing, the podcast dedicated to helping you live a less certain, more curious life. I'm Scott. And I'm Mace. Welcome to this week's episode. Also with us, we have Katie. Hi. 218. Episode 218. Oh, I, w- I didn't know what episode number. Oh, I, you don't have to know. 218. I thought that was me, that I was 218. <laughs> oh, yeah, we have... Yeah. He is 218, 218 here. <laughs> to be here. <laughs> oh, T-O-O-18. <laughs> this is 218, 218 for me. 218 for me. I, I need something a little bit more... Uh, 17, 19, actually. 17, right? not, not so close Ooh, to 18. Aggressively 18. <laughs> it's already happening. It's already <laughs> happening. Um, okay, so this week we have Katie who... I don't know. Should I slightly introduce how I know how we know Katie? Yeah, with that, yeah. I, I feel like you should. I feel like so. Katie and I, we've been we've known each other now for three and a half years. Three years. Yeah. We went to grad school together from the start to the end. Really, truly, from the, the start time. to the end. Yeah. And uh, what is this grad school? Just in case nobody knows what you're talking about, the Seattle School Clinical Psychology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we went to grad school together, and now we're both practicing therapists, and we do consult together. We do. And we have a good time with that. Yeah. 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 Of all the minds, Mace is the one that I want to borrow the most from grad school. Of all the minds. <laughs> of all, all the minds. minds. Of all the minds. I think that feeling might be mutual. I feel like yeah. Katie and I are mind borrowers. <laughs> <laughs> like what does that permission. entail? What does that entail to borrow a mind? I don't know. What do you what do you mean by that phrase? I think it's it's a lot of um mm, Okay, so this thing just happened and I really would love to know what Mace thinks about that. Yeah. Like yeah. I need someone else's mind involved in this yeah. thing that was that a dyadic like. thing. Let's introduce a third person and that person I almost always wanted to be Mace. I understand what that feels like. Wanting to get Mace involved in I mean it's it's interesting because knowing Mace, there is strangely a lot of ambivalence towards a lot of things, and um, opinions and thoughts are also very sharp. So you're mm-hmm. you're going to get some thoughts. Mm-hmm. Some people are just so, so misty in the way they talk, like so vague and uh, blurry. And that's not you, Mace. Yeah. I'm looking mm-hmm. at Mace, everybody. Yeah, that might be true. Katie and I had like a very intense class together (laughs) 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 where we really, it was like sharing like childhood stories. Yes. And so that really bonded us. Yeah. And learning Mm -hmm. how to work with stories Mm -hmm. and um, learning maybe too much about (laughs) Each other and ourselves all at once, all at once. Yeah, yeah. That'll that'll um, that'll shape you. That'll shape you. I would say here. I have this thought of borrowing Katie's mind. I mm. feel like your mind always comes up with a thought out of left field, <laughs> and it's like kind of hitting the exact thing right, right with the hammer. But it's like I never expected it to come from that angle in that way. 
And that's Katie's hitting, mind. Hitting it with the hammer. Hitting it with a hammer. I'm like, <clears throat> oh shit. But sideways. <laughs> but really sideways. Yeah. At the same time, I'm like, where did that fucking come from? But yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. We can cuss. <laughs> oh, yeah. We definitely can cuss. Good. Yeah. In the early days when we were working for a relatively conservative traditional church, we couldn't cuss. I think we still cussed. Um, I didn't and still really Scott don't. I, I, I don't. It's a part of my personality that has not been cultivated, so I feel sort of like an imposter. And and then mm-hmm. my kids and people I know that are close to me, if I do try to cuss, make fun of me. I say every once in a while, like you've been cussing a little bit when playing when play Mario, Mario Kart. Kart. Yeah, yeah. I'm like shit. I mean, shit shit's a good go to, but like, uh, I, but yes, you can cuss, Katie. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you can. I do think "fuck" is probably my favorite word. It's it's a it's of a fantastic word. Words. I mean, of I like hearing words. swear words. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. Those the 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 swear words like they they feel good in mm-hmm. our mouths. Like there's something about like the fuck, you know. It's like the we, you you. There's a drum roll to it, and then it is it's explosive. And um, Sound yeah, fuck. It's like it's so good. <laughs> there's a reason we say them. They're the re- there's a reason they feel devious. You know. Yeah, yeah all mm-hmm. that's true. I mean, maybe maybe that's something that. It feels sort of adult in a way. Mm. You know, I'm like I'm an adult. I'm gonna start using these yeah. words. And I am two eighteen. Yeah, you're <laughs> two. You're two eighteen for me. So adult. Two adult. Two adult. These like swear words coming in, of, putting a hard K at the end of the. the newest, well, I, I, don't know. I don't know if it's a diss or it's a compliment. Like, oh, they're two eighteen. <laughs> like it's kind of. Oh my a gosh, uh, what, what's happening? Like something's gonna. I'm gonna start saying this now. Yeah, for I know. Yeah. We're gonna make it a trend. Two eighteen. Oh. I don't even know what I originally meant anymore. What was, it was I saying? The episode is two eighteen. Yeah. Yeah, that's the sideways thing you're talking about. Two eighteen, two eighteen. Because like on one hand, you could be like, "Oh wow, okay, so this is we're talking to a grown up." They're like two eighteen. Two eighteen can vote so right, hard. Right, right. If you're like a younger person, yeah, yeah. But I feel like as like a thirty two, thirty three year old, not oh. thirty two, thirty three year old, it's a little bit like, "Oh, it's a little two eighteen, Katie." It's a you little two eighteen, <laughs> boy. That, that, a little two eighteen. We'll keep a watch on you. Yeah. A little two eighteen. A little, you know. 18 here bump it up a little bit <laughs> we um, could just riff on this all day i don't even know what we're talking about we haven't said it so uh, yeah. i we asked katie to come on and we said katie you can pick any topic and and then i was like can you please narrow it down like a little bit yeah, and I said, yeah. what did i say uh psychoanalysis would be fun uh-huh and psychoanalysis yeah and then i you know if we're going to talk about that, let's talk about poetics, too. Let's talk about poetic theory. And so here we are. And here we are. Okay, so would you want to set us up with a, a description of that? Because I had not heard that before. Yes. I'm a lay psychoanalyst, psycho, psychoanalytic enthusiast. That's what that is. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on. <laughs> A psychoanthusiast. A psychoanthusiast. <laughs> that okay. is what you are. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I feel like I tell this a lot and it, because it is like foundational, I think, to the way you're that on I, a microphone. Now's the chance to say something. To say it and <laughs> say it firmly. Um, I, I come to like the field of psychology sideways um a little out of left field and so my undergrad degree was in poetry I have a creative writing degree and a lot of that time was spent in um 
kind of developing your poetic theory. Where are you coming from when Mm. you're writing poetry? Mm. What's the point? Um, And, you know, like borrowed from a lot of different uh, theorists and, and poets. And then also thought that all of that work was kind of like for nothing. Um, and then I became a therapist and was like, oh no, this is actually, Mm. this is actually everything. And I wasn't just talking about poetry when I was coming up with my poetic theory. I was, I was figuring out how I feel about humans and the way that Mm. we interact with each other and what we're doing in these kinds of spaces. Therapy, yes, but also just like interacting with each other all the time and what gets in the way. Um, so I think my, my poetic theory can kind of be summed up in poetry is language without that pesky need to be understood. Mm. So we have language. We are like in language. We are, Lacan would say that we're born into language. The idea that there's, there's a you that exists before you do. And it's in the way that your parents talk about you before you're born. They decide that you like ducks and that's your Mm -hmm, bedroom. mm -hmm, And like mm -hmm, all of that (laughs) happens before you exist. There's so much before you're even born. But that is you. And then you exist and you're real and 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 there's a language that's that's around you mm-hmm. um and it's it's specific to you um we're all speaking english but we're also not speaking the same english and oh, and i know that that's true because there are things like if i were to be like if, if i were to say the uh, chair all three of us are visualizing a different chair and yeah. I don't know right. what your chair is. We have a general sense, right? Like, but I don't even know how many legs your chair has and I don't know yeah. what kind of chair it is. I don't know. And and that's like something that's pretty concretized. If I say something like Christmas, oh boy, now oh those boy. are completely different. If I say God. Oh, I know what you mean by Christmas. It's the birth of Jesus. Right. <laughs> Right? Yeah, That's, for sure. It's nothing else than that. Nothing other than get that. Get those red cups out no, of my face. No, it's when you get because... all them presents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you just said red cups out, and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's not yeah, Christmas. Star- Starbucks. <laughs> the, the, the controversy around Starbucks and their Christmas cups and holiday cups. And it's just always been a controversy over here, like these yeah. Starbucks cups. Yeah, when I said Sorry, Christmas, cups. none of that came yeah, up. That's but but that, that's, that's a great example right yeah. off the bat because like everybody has a really niche Christmas tradition, and it could be like... Oh, we have our red cups, you know, uh, but yeah, I was trying to make a broad cultural. Yeah. You tried. You tried. There was people out there. Guys, I tried. There was people out there. It was a little too 18, you know? It was way too 18. 18. (laughs) Yeah. Christmas has a smell and my Christmas smell is different from your Christmas smell. Like all of that is, is unique. And so we, we're trying so hard to be understood all the time. That we <laughs> that we temper all of that, right? Yeah, like yeah. we work around it. Like, oh man, okay, I know that we don't have time to actually get into the fact that your chair and my chair are different chairs. Like, I can't do that. I don't have time. Yeah, and and I'm missing you. I'm missing a yeah. piece of you. Um, and that's a good thing. Yes, say more about that. Yeah, if you would. Yeah, <laughs> if you would dare. So, um. 
<laughs> to quote the greatest poet of all time, Carly Rae Jepsen. Yes. <laughs> um, she has the greatest line in all of music, which is, before you came into my life, I missed you so bad. <laughs> right, just like that. Let's just unpack every word. Right. Which is, <laughs> which is like, that's everything, right? Because. Desire. Desire. Exactly. Yeah. yeah desire. We, we, you can't desire what you have. Because you have it. So mm. desire disappears. Mm, Once mm, you have mm, the mm, thing, mm. it's gone, right? Like that desire is gone. Um, and we keep missing each other. So mm. we don't have each other. So we can keep desiring each other. This is it. I mean, this, this is it. This is really it right here. This is making I me like think of that Adam Phillips quotes of we don't have each other to get our needs met. We have each other to find out what our needs actually are. Yes. Like yeah. they, people don't actually provide our needs, but they show us what we are looking for. <laughs> the, mm-hmm. These kinds of conversations, they only, I mean, somebody notoriously and famously in one of our reviews said they never land the plane. <laughs> but like that, that's what is what it is because as we're talking, the conversation continues to open up. Uh, like already, I'm like, oh my gosh! What does a person even mean by landing the plane? Right, yeah. right. What, there you go. All that there we you think go. about mm-hmm. when it comes landing the plane. Yeah. But I love what you're saying because, or I love this topic because it is something that seems to be uh, a key of sorts to better human enjoyment. Mm. And, and and i and i i don't i had this i didn't have it like this like uh, my 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 way of starting to understand some of this stuff was through peter rollins and i would just sit and listen and mostly not comprehend and then just through like five years of watching over and over and over again i i slowly started to comprehend but it was it, it's just this oh i'm just overwhelmed because i i mean i of course all of us in our own way are dealing with sort of like christians and I'm out here on Instagram all day be, talking to Christians that are like, it literally and only ever means this. That's what they want to say. Mm-hmm. It only ever, it, it was it meant literally this 2,000, 5,000 years ago. And it only ever literally means exactly that right now. No how, matter how much it gets organized differently in your brain or where you heard it, or how you heard it, or how I heard it or what it originally. No, there's one meaning. And if you don't mean it like I mean it, you're a heretic and you're evil and like, gosh, this could all be so much more interesting if you could just uh, embrace the fact that uh, we all have something different we're picturing in our brain when the word God happens or the word cup happens or 18 or podcast <laughs> or, or, <laughs> or landing the plane yeah, or yeah. came into my life right? because <laughs> my brain instantly went there. Right. Yes. Before you came. Yeah. <laughs> I miss you so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is like, I mean, if we're thinking about enjoyment and Lacan and jouissance and like all of that is kind of wrapped up in sexual imagery too. Like jouissance is the, is, you know, the enjoyment beyond the pleasure principle. It's the, the you know, the pleasure that the, that is almost painful mm. and we don't translate it. We, st- we don't translate it to enjoyment because jouissance has sexual connotations in French. Mm. Um, and if you think about like the orgasm in French, le petit mort is the little death. Um, Mm -hmm. and so there's like this, this, this like playing with death that happens. Anyway, that was just, 
yes. adding on to no, that, I guess. No, I think that's <laughs> I the, did not land that plane, but well, it, no, it took no, me there. No, lands, no planes will land, and we are too No, no planes will land. <laughs> <laughs> we have fueled up to not land this plane. <laughs> yeah, we're all fueled up with a bunch of concepts now that we can just keep circling around. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, wait, I, so when you say jouissance, that's... Explain it again. Could you, if anyone out here is like, what the fuck is jouissance? Oh God. And and I will say to you, I understand that I have a master's degree and I feel like that is such a misnomer. I'm by no means a master of anything. And we're going to hold what I'm saying loosely. Yeah. Um, and also Lacan is inscrutable on purpose, but yeah. Um, jouissance is, is if we're talking psychoanalytic, it's kind of like where the press, the pleasure principle and the death drive like meet mm. and like collide with each mm. other. And so it is, it is like the enjoyment der- derived from like the transgressing or, yeah. or the pain. Right. Mm-hmm. And so in, in grad school, I wrote a paper about jouissance and um, gym culture. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And like, like the, oh, yeah. like the gym, the gym bros of the yeah. world. Um, How do you know where you're going with this? And like the the entire like going to the gym, right? There's this whole idea of like progressive overload. So like you never actually achieve orgasm. You never achieve perfection when you're lifting weights, right? Like there's always the idea that you're going to failure or yeah. you're constantly increasing your weights so that you can't do ten reps. Yes. And so you're you're never this is good. you've this never is good. arrived at yeah. like I am right. good at lifting weights. The entire like concept is I'm constantly kind of degrading myself at yeah. the gym all yeah. the time. Yeah. And the gym bros, I mean they really make it easy for me, they say things like, you know, go to the fucking gym, go to the fucking gym, go to the fucking gym. The gym is go where you go to, to fuck your gym. feelings, fuck your job, fuck your relationships. Like these were like, I'm like, I, oh, I got to write a paper about this. Yeah, it's not even like it fun. It's like, yeah. this is like, okay, the metaphor is just like out here. <laughs> Neat. Um <laughs> But like I feel like that's a good example. It's this like space that it's like these these men love it and they are achieving things but they're never achieving satisfaction. Mm. They're just they're they're constantly edging themselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean there's a famous scene from Pumping Iron which was Arnold Schwarzenegger's documentary year ages ago, but he's like doing bicep curls and he's probably like 22 or 23 mm-hmm. and he's like when I when I do my bicep curls, it feels like I'm coming. He says that's like a classic <laughs> line that people quote to this day. But yeah, that's but they, exactly the point. But they like they're keeping themselves. Yeah, from yeah, coming. yeah, yeah. They're never like, and I did it right. Yeah. It's like they're constantly trying to make it so that they didn't achieve something. It's like once they've reached, I can do this for ten reps. I need to up the weight so Dang. I can. That's an interesting thought. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is a sideways thought, but I just recently oh, have been getting into. Yeah. I've been playing uh, Legend of Zelda on my Switch, and it's a game, and I'm really loving it. And I was hanging out with my friend yesterday, who I know plays it, and I was like, the first question I asked him was, I was like, how long is the game? Like, how long is it going to take? And is it long? Like, I don't want it to be over. Like, I want to beat the game, of course. And there's all these tasks, but I don't really want to beat the game because then that means it's over and mm-hmm. I don't want it to be done. Because desire's dead. Yeah, I'm like, well, what do I do? It. I'm like, I still, then then where's my objective? Yeah. But I, right now I want to beat the game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
It's better when you can are trying to beat it. There's this uh, famous, um, I think we may have talked about this, but maybe not like a um, Twilight Zone episode where the setup is uh, this guy supposedly has died and gone to heaven and he gets this angel assigned to him and they're like walking through this life that looks similar to his old life and he was a gambler in his old life. And the the angel says, oh yeah, here you in heaven or wherever you are, you get to um, win all the time, nonstop. And he's like, Oh my gosh, I made it, you know? And, and so he starts gambling and doing the slot machines and he just keeps winning and winning. And he looks at the guy and says, this isn't what I thought heaven would feel like. It's not very fun. The guy says, who said this was heaven, you know, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. just always getting what you want all the time. All would the be time. hellish. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So bringing it back to people, bringing it back. If you were bringing it Back. Bringing it back. If you keep, keep us keep us uh, somewhat uh, focused or whatever, we'll lose it. But I do think it's it's the idea of like if if I could completely understand you, if we could completely meet each other, yeah, it'd be over. This. Yeah, okay. I think yeah, that's no, what this the, is a big right out here. the gate. You said too. that, and I'm glad you mm-hmm. reset it because I lost it in in the in the in the flurry of our conversation. But I like, that is a major. That's an aha moment for me yeah. when you said it. It's like that makes so much sense because mm-hmm. now I to to just now to to the this assumption that I I get Katie, I get Mace, I get right. everybody. It's done. It's in a package. How boring. Yeah, and you don't. You've, yeah, you've missed me. Right. And and I and I had no idea. Yeah. And I, but we do. We miss each other all the time. Mm-hmm. There's a, a language poet, Ron Silliman, and he. Funny, he talks a lot about syllogism, which is his last name is Silliman, but that's not why. <laughs> the idea of like syllogism is that there's like there's two phrases, and then you make up a third phrase based on the, the two phrases, right? Oh. And so like hmm. all ducks have feathers. Um, all birds have feathers. A duck has feathers. The third thing is typically a duck is a bird. Right. Okay. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Got and it, so that's it, like it, the it. third thing that's like inferred that you logically infer. Got it. So Ron Silliman would make these poems, would write these poems where he would like kind of intentionally put phrases or words next to each other with the idea, they're, they're absurd often, but the idea is that you're coming up with a third sentence yeah. in your mind right. based on what these two things are next to each other. And he doesn't know what it is because it's not. An easily inferred thing. It's two phrases, and you've kind of decided. You what kind the of third have one. to infer what the third part yeah. is. So then there's this secret third poem that exists in the mind of the reader hmm. that's being constructed by the what he's laid out. Mm. Wow. Very mm, interesting. Mm, 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 mm. So like <laughs> like said differently, like the poem itself is like one half of a kiss, and the reader's the other half. Yes. And they're not meeting each other. The The negative space when you're making out is just as important as like the, oh. you're not meeting each other perfectly. That is right. boring. Right. <laughs> like that's not yeah. sexy. That's not fun. You're missing each other. There's give and take. There's push right. and pull. Um, the, the missing yeah. is so important. Wow. To meeting one another. And yeah, the missing is just as important as the meeting. Oh, and learning to like enjoy the missing a little bit and appreciate mm-hmm. it and not and not just and not be like scandalized or wor- worried about it. Like, I think that we have I think most people my guess is there's a fear 
of yeah. like there's a lot of fear of being like the the fantasy of that you could be understood like I think holds people back at least I know for me I'm like I still have a partial fantasy of like that I could be understood that there would be something to understand but it's like that's the thing we're enigmatic people with individual experiences there isn't an understanding yeah, there's there's nothing I don't want that. So it's, I don't know. Well, there's I want there, that. it's like there was this uh <laughs> the, this language of like a divided self, mm-hmm. and it's like um I don't I don't there is no even in myself in my internal self a pure understanding or a pure awareness. Right. So it's it's right. like you want to be understood or I want to be understood, but I don't even understand myself. I don't even understand. So and if you I end also up getting it myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no it to get really. Cause now, okay. So you understood that I like, um, coffee. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes I don't, it's more complicated than just that. And, and that's, a, that's an interesting thing. Here's a, here, here's a slight tangent. I remember, I remember at one point in my life, I had put out the signals to a lot of people for a long time for like five years for maybe that, the age of like 17 to 22 that I like Superman. Mm. And I remember like my 20th birthday or something, I just got an overwhelming amount of Superman gifts, like toys and comics and stuffies and things just like, and I was like, it's not like that though. I, I don't like it that much. I, I was like, I, 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 so everybody gets me. Everybody knows and understands, but now I'm like, it's too much. I'm, yeah. It's not, I'm not this much of a fan. I'm not, I, I'm a fan. I, I appreciate that you all think you know me, but there's much more to me than just Superman. I feel crazy. Thank you. And also no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Like being overwhelmed by being understood. Yeah. Yeah. And being understood to the point of excess. Yeah. It's too much. Yeah. Or well, maybe you get understood and you like, I got to switch things up now. I'm too understood. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think there's times that we'll find ourselves in situations where I'm like trying to be understood in something, but then the effort to try to be understood is so much that by the time it's finally kind of got, you're beyond <laughs> that thing. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, well, actually, never mind. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that process itself made me not so sure about it because now if you think you understand it, then no. Yeah. That's not it. Yeah. <laughs> mm hmm. I think when you approach it therapeutically, too, gosh, it feels a lot like when people come to therapy, what they really want, if they're coming to see someone who is psychoanalytic, psychodynamic, or or whatever, they really want someone to, like, work with their story or work with, like, the narrative structure. Yeah. I'm I'm much less interested in that um, because I don't know how helpful it is to understand. Um. It feels more helpful to be confused, mm. um, to be interested not just in what they're saying, but how they're saying it. What is in that word for you? What is the oh. language there? Um, yeah, and I, I think that that's kind of that's where like the, the the poetics and the psychoanalysis meet for me. Is it's like, oh, I'm I'm approaching this as a poet, not as a mm. um, fiction writer we're not we're not i'm not necessarily interested in the story that you're telling Mm. from i don't want a good beginning middle and i don't i don't care to like understand that this happened because this happened because this happened i'd rather break it apart and and say okay this happened what does happened mean like what do you mean oh oh, right oh gosh (laughs) yes i mean that's another phrase of like 
um, the worse the art, the easier it is to understand. Mm. And so I think even that being like sort of the idea of poetry being so um, hard for me to engage with for the first half of my life, because I thought there was a pure thing I was trying to get, especially that's what Christianity was trying to tell me. Like, and like in high school, I feel like that's how poetry is taught. Like, here's a poem. Here's what it, it means. Yeah, here's what it means. Yeah. <laughs> Cue my hatred for Mary Oliver. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's, there, there are these, there are these, um, there, there are these stickers all over Seattle that I've seen like 10 times now. It says Mary Oliver is gang stalking me. Oh yeah, I don't and know I don't what know what it means. I saw it. I saw it at the zoo. I saw it uh, on the uh, on the water here in Seattle. I, I don't know what's being said here. I don't even know what gang stalking means. That is the most interesting Mary Oliver content <laughs> yeah. I have ever heard by like leaps and bounds. Yeah. That is fascinating. Mm-hmm. I love it's there. It's around. I don't care what it means. That's the greatest thing I've ever there it is, heard. Poetics. I. <laughs> that's that amazing. Be your, that be your Instagram bio, Mary I guess I just picture her running after you, being like with a whole group of people. What will you do with your one wild and precious one, Mary Oliver? I don't know. Fuck Leave me off. Off. <laughs> uh, I don't know what I'll do with my one. <laughs> I don't want to know. Don't have an answer. That's boring. <laughs> oh, oh it's such a it's such a more dynamic way to think about life or language or communication or relationship. Um Yeah, I I mean, I I because of course like all of us well, I guess all of us are are in therapy or mm-hmm. I've seen therapists. But like um I'm not a therapist. You two are. But um, I've been seeing my therapist for five years, and I had no idea what his modality or his philosophy or his posture or his way of doing things was. I thought he was just a therapist. I didn't didn't overread his website. I was like, I'm just going to go to this guy and come to find out that he is into relational psychoanalysis. And, I mean, that's just made all the difference. Mm -hmm. And it's almost – I always talk about Jason, and it's like I feel like he trained me. That's how I describe it. He didn't he didn't explain it. Mm-hmm. But um in the early days it was always like well what do you think about this and he goes, "Well, I'm interested in why you are interested in what I think about that." And I'm like, "Uh, it would never straight up answer my questions." <laughs> but it was always inviting me to like interrogate my language or just notice what I was saying and now because I love and enjoy like all these things even though I'm a lay person You're at a- best. What is it? Uh, uh, a psycho- psychoanalysis. Psycho- yeah. mm-hmm. We have analysands and psychoanalysis. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. To, to, and and I, I guess I have somebody in my mind that I'm talking to beyond just the two of you that are listening. I'm like, what, what the heck are they even talking about? It's like mm-hmm. to think that there is something about the... Um, importance for lack of a better word of remaining confused mm-hmm. i don't know what you're saying you know the therapist or a friend or anybody and 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 i i'm trying to make myself so clear but also maybe it's not so clear and maybe these words mean other things and wouldn't you be willing to sit there and think about that with me and 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 why is it that you're saying something funny but i feel like crying mm-hmm. you know and it's like whoa it, it's all it's all so much more interesting <laughs> and, I, and i have a lot of fun talking to my therapist too so so it's made it it's made it easier 
Poetics. Poetics. Oh, um, I I do th- I do love how you have. I, I don't know if recycles the the best word, but like infused your therapy skills with your English stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause I think sometimes like Mason are like, we majored in theology. What do we do with that? What do you do with that now? <laughs> and now this is obviously informed what you're doing these days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, I thought I was going to have to let it go. Yeah. It was that this is okay. That was something that I did and it was, I mean, I'm really proud of the the thinking that I did in my early twenties in undergrad. Um, want to let it go but I also didn't want to get my MFA and there was always like that mm. kind of complicated feeling about it um and I also I mean like there's we we live in a culture that um has has little to no value for poetry I think that they you know we're allowed to have a, at any given moment one poet that non-poets care about you know so it was Mary Oliver and now mm-hmm. it's um <laughs> It's Ruby Cower or it was. Yeah, no, it, yep, I know exactly. Right and now. it's kind of not anymore. And we'll find out who the next poet is. Amanda like, Gorman. Amanda Gorman. There you go. <laughs> and like she's spoken word too, which is even yeah. more complicated. Like, you know, it depends on who you're talking to about whether or not that counts as poetry or performance art right. or whatever. Oh, oh yeah. it's, a little debate. It's debate. It's debatable. My professor in college was adamant that spoken word was performance art and not poetry because. Okay. It didn't matter how it sat on the page. It was just... Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, uh, I could see the argument. It's like yeah. a different format, a yeah. form. Yeah, and you know, and, and you can say anything in, in that kind of rhythm, and it seems like it's in... Oh, for sure. Pactful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Is it a bad move to make fun of spoken word? I don't know, because I feel like doing it right now, but I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I have nothing. I have nothing against it. I have nothing. Yeah. I, and, I love spoken word. And then we also have the people who are impactful. like, it is impactful. And yeah. then we also have people who are like, well, rap is poetry. And it's like, well, is it like, oh, you know, like these are questions <laughs> that it's hard to answer. Like yeah. this is, it's different. It is different. Right. Um, but there is something to me about how the words sit on a page that I yeah. think is valuable. And something about them sitting on the page and then it being just that kind of experience of, Mm-hmm. reading mm-hmm. and it being kind of more just that person's experience of the words on the page it's deeply intimate yeah yeah going yeah. back to the like the the idea of it's a half of a kiss like it's mm. it's a deeply intimate experience it's different from going to see a spoken word poet yeah um not better or worse just different um and so yeah there's like how do i use this then like they're not they're not going to pick me as the poet that everyone's cool with. Like even when I was in school, I was, um, I was a a poet's poet, right? Like poets were like, this is really cool. I really like what she's doing. But like, it's not like, it's not super not for the lay folk. Right, right. Right. And I, it's a and little I, too 18. It's a little, <laughs> oh, it's a little too 18. Why is that going to, that's going to get me every time. <laughs> I love that it this shouldn't. is the 218th episode. So it is a little too 18 the whole time. Jeez. It shouldn't be this funny. It shouldn't be this funny, but it is. And yet it is. Yes. Um, Why? Yeah, and so I, I, it's nice to be able to use it differently. And mm-hmm. 
How do you find it showing up for you? I mean, I don't know what you'd feel comfortable sharing or how, mm-hmm. but like, how do you find it showing up? I mean, we're, Katie and I are really, truly new therapists. Very much we're so. We're like just learning. So, yes. You know, I imagine it's a lot of like, I don't know, but. Uh, what do you imagine? <laughs> I don't know what I imagine anymore. Tell me. Um, it shows up in, um, like a like a patient will say a phrase, and that is in my head, right, mm. for the rest of the day. Like mm. that is, and it's not the most profound thing that they've said. It's not the like, you know, it's not the. I mean, I'm not chasing breakthroughs by any means, but like, it's not like a breakthrough moment. It was just like, well, that that's in there for a while. The cadence is interesting, the word choice is fascinating, and I'm gonna just. I'm going to be chewing on that phrase for the rest of the day. You know, I will say I experienced that with you in console of I'll share something and then Katie will just like five minutes later be like, you said this phrase. I think it's one of the coolest things. And I'm like, yeah, what was that phrase I said? To have somebody be paying attention like that is yeah. really cool. It's very cool. Yeah. we I, I don't remember what it was, but we had dinner about a year ago and you, I said something and then you retranslated it back to Mason a text after the dinner and it was really profound for me. Mm. I forget what it was I exactly. Forget what it was too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't even really matter Clearly aside right. from the fact that it happened. Yeah. yeah. In the moment it was profound. Yeah. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Yeah. We used to do this exercise in undergrad where um, we would take song lyrics and you would run it through Google Translate pick a language, um, Armenian. And then you would then take the Armenian song lyrics put it and back then English. put it back into English. Whoa. And it changed. I mean, it, right. It's completely, it, it's different. completely different. And it's like clunky. Like I, I used to do it with Al Green songs all the time. Cause like they're so smooth and like so romantic and like, and they would just come out like so, so clunky and mm. like weird and like technical and it was like just that one like translation took these like beautiful words and made them like what? and it was just like slightly off fun to play with yeah, yeah. like now yeah. i have this like weird thing to play with right um that's like removed from the beauty of it and so it's like messy and that's fun to work with too mm-hmm. um my professor in um, undergrad, he did this series called Sonograms, um, where he like took Shakespeare sonnets, and it was as if his his visualization. Sonograms. Yes, his visualization yes. for it was that like each of the the lines of the sonnet were like sitting on a bookshelf, and you pulled out all of the shelving, so all of the letters and all of the syntax just like falls to the ground. Oh. And then oh, you have to reconstruct a sonnet oh. from these letters, and but not the same. Wow. And wow. like whatever letters were left over would be how he would make the title of the sonnet. And he had all of these rules, like he had to incorporate all fifty states throughout the what? the sonograms. Yeah, and it was just like he took this thing, these like beautiful you know, love poems and just turned them into nonsense 
but like beautiful creative nonsense right, where like right. the the um the method the the like the process was just as important as the product at the end yeah well and that's interesting thinking of when you're saying nonsense like I think many times thinking about how to sit with I mean not just being a therapist with people like we are speaking nonsense most of the time yeah, like absolutely it, the idea that oh we better make sense it's like well we're all actually mostly speaking nonsense mm-hmm. and like it's maybe easier to listen if you're listening for nonsense mm-hmm. instead of listening for sense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah looking for the places where it doesn't line up yeah exactly um where we're missing each other what is that what is that thing that we're not getting to what is it and and also the enjoyment of not getting to it i, I was only going to find this thing from situation jesus Remember? Okay. Yeah. Sure. What is? Yeah, well, is that this kind of goes with what we're saying. It's like Go this is Barry Taylor, who was on the podcast that does this. I feel like you would love Barry. Yeah. Taylor. We we he's a Lacanian for sure, and like, well, I mean, I don't know if he's a Lacanian, whatever that. that even means. <laughs> he 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 is familiar with and prefer and is an appreciator. Of I would say he's. Mm-hmm. I, is he friends with Jameson Webster? Yes. Uh, okay. So there we Webster. go. That's, yeah, know that, that checks out. And uh, well, definitely loves psychoanalysis and art, and he has this. Instagram account that I started following before I even knew it was him and it's called situation Jesus mm-hmm. and he takes this old Jesus comic it's the same picture every time with Jesus saying something and the Pharisees saying shut up <laughs> and and the comic is it says most people rejected his message so it's the idea of Jesus saying something but then he puts different words in Jesus mouth mm-hmm. and it says the people rejected him for his message and he says stuff like this there are incidences in our lives that have no deep purpose and are and do not yield any profound insight. And the Pharisees say, shut up. And it says most people rejected his message. They hated Jesus because he told them the truth. I mean, he has hundreds of these. But one is, we have no identity prior to and apart from the stories we tell about ourselves. Shut up. Most people rejected him from his message. I'll just read one more. Love is a slippery, unruly thing, and trying to control it robs us of our delicious unpredictability. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> but it's just so fun to repurpose uh, yeah. i don't even know where he's getting the words that he's or ideas he's putting in jesus thought bubble but then to, I'm just to put it in the context of the pharisees and the people rejected him because of his message mm-hmm. and they hated him because he told the truth it's yeah. just like ah <laughs> oh, this is so good <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's a little bit it seems like a little bit like sonograms yeah yeah yeah, it's related. <laughs> Language, yeah, it's related. context. No, we're here in nonsense land. That's the whole we're here thing. We're in nonsense land. Uh, I, a friend of mine, we were talking about like choosing psychoanalysis as like your modality as your theoretical orientation um, makes sense for people who were raised religious um, because it requires a lot of like funky belief and like, yeah, uh, true. like I have to, I mean, I, I believe in the unconscious. I believe that the unconscious matters, but I, I have to believe in that kind of a little bit in order to do. And that's like, it's, there's no like prove the unconscious. Right. Well, and like there are Todd McGowan talks about this. Like they're the unconscious. We're in this house. (laughs) Ruben loves Todd McGowan. Um, They, uh, Todd McGowan talks about like the, we know that the unconscious matters because anytime you get into an argument with someone, it's not that the phrase comes up, you know, Oh, uh, that's that's what I said, but it's not what I meant. Yes. And so and it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter what you meant, it's what you said, and that's like the unconscious slip, right? right? Right. We talk about this all the time. It's not 
It's not what I meant, but that's what I said. I Ooh. wish I could believe the Ooh. unconscious wasn't didn't exist, but I feel like real life, my lived experience is just too aggressively right. revealing of there being something. Well, I mean, my Instagram phrase, my bio is from this song. It's something unknown is happening. We don't know what. Mm-hmm. That is all our knowledge amounts to. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, that's it. There's something happening. And how different is that from... You know, how can you look at a sunset and not believe in God? You know, <laughs> right, right. That's actually true, Katie. Katie, that was when Two. you carried me. <laughs> My unconscious carry. I mean, and the, like the, the Lacan answer to all of that is like, God's not dead. God is unconscious. Ooh, ooh, mm. ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah, Tasty. <laughs> Tasty. So there's that. <laughs> that. That little snack. I think. Uh, I think it just really invites a lot of this this approach because because sometimes in the history of this podcast we've kind of attacked it head on it whatever it is what with defense mechanisms oh like, yes just like mm. oh, defense mechanisms you're what splitting. Is splitting but like <laughs> at the same time this is just you could develop a posture and I think sometimes just in our friendship or relationship uh, a posture of like um. Gosh, it, it wouldn't be a gotcha moment to to discover that somebody made a slip mm-hmm. or said some maybe said something that was a little more than they were meaning to, but it was true, mm-hmm. and they don't need to get defensive about it. You know, mm-hmm. you you conveyed that you're actually more upset about me, upset at me than you seem to let on yeah you're like no 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 and you're like dang i kind of did shoot you got me like mm-hmm. but not in a gotcha moment it's like a lot of interesting things that we can talk about about our slips and about our communication our, our tics like if if we're mm-hmm. saying something with a, that's meant to be happy but again we're i like, think we're just i feel like just generally as people were we have very low taller we have very low levels of tolerance for most emotions mm-hmm. so ah, i think that there is this don't like, those like emotions. oh never mind never yeah. mind run away from that don't look at that <laughs> don't think about that yeah. Yeah. point it out big feeling a big feeling run away juissance to go to the gym, <laughs> the gym. go play, my, go video. Go play gym. my video game i mean i go to the gym a lot so i i, I, I know, am Scott, sort of like god is yeah i mean i go to the gym a lot. Swim a lot yeah i swim and i lift weights I, it's yeah. like i and i'm like yeah i'm fucking doing it too right get those I endorphins mean, and there's no like i don't know there's no judgment about the juissance like no it's, it's kind of like go off You're, go you off. found something well, it's a yeah. version of enjoy the lack isn't it yeah, enjoy it the is. lack. yeah yeah i think it is yeah something there's something there about yeah. that yeah um this episode we were listening to about Peter the other day, he was saying the the final move. And I think they were talking about in a Lacanian way would be to use in a very self-aware way, the idea of the infinite as something that would be like an infinite source to feed on mm. and, and to always keep it a distance, but to, to ever get it would be the, the, the tragedy. Mm-hmm. And it's like with a lot of religious people and I put myself in this category in a lot of my life, probably even now sometimes, uh, there would be a sense of its opposite, like the infinite is feeding on you and and you're just sort of this um, willing participant in this thing that you'll never get and you never know why you're doing it. and um, Or it promises to fulfill you all the time. Mm-hmm. And you've, ex- anyways, to, the, the reverse would be like, I'm using that. I, 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 there is an infinite thing, like all the stuff we're saying in terms yeah, of Yeah, like poetic. using it. Like saying, I'll never get it. There, it's mystery and so I'm going to use that because... 
if I get it, then I'm, you know. Well, it's no small thing. Over. It, it's 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 always been the whole point of no small thing. It's like these conversations just generate more conversation, mm-hmm. and there is no landing the plane, and there is no getting it. Mm-hmm. I all of a sudden feel like Willy Wonk or something like. You get you nothing. Get nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you lose. You lose. <laughs> and then you, I mean, you've said that to yourself just to keep associating. It's like the tragedy of the, getting no, it all no, and going this, to the glass elevator and the stories. Do you remember what happened to the boy that got everything he wanted? He lived yeah, happily it's ever like, after. It's a horror story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To get nothing would have been better. <laughs> you lose. You lose. You get nothing. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> you stole <laughs> fizzy lifting drink. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm also just thinking like, okay, if we're going to keep with the missing and the moments when we don't and the moments when we do, it's like maybe we're making out with the infinite. Ooh, yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Katie, we're yeah. adding in the making out metaphor. Yeah, I'm, I'm really into that one today. It's a little... It's a little... 218, but... It's a little 218. It's exactly so 18. The thing about it is how 18 it is. It's like aggressively 18. I'm afraid of doing it too much, but I'm like, I'm threading the line. We're threading the little No, I'm having such a good time with it. We hadn't brought it up in a while, so... It still has to have the element of surprise. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting. I'll say this. You know, I have... Well, yeah, I'll just be, I'll be vague. I have a patient who swears there's an item in the room that we've had, and I don't think we have this Mm. item, and we look every week for it, Mm. this missing item. Mm, And the item feels really loaded, like what it is, you know, related to them. It's like, but it is like, where did this come from? It doesn't quite make sense. It's it isn't, I, and here. it's not familiar to you. You don't no, remember? and I've yeah. asked. I mean, I've asked everyone. I'm like, we don't have this toy, do Dang. we? You know, and everyone's like, we don't have a toy like that, you know. And I'm like, this kid has a strong idea of it and brings it up, and mm. I always look, and I always wow. tell him, you know, I'm like, I'll look, but it's it's always there. You know, the lost object mm. is in the room, oh. and I, I don't know. I mean, it's like I don't. It's never going to really show up. Mm-hmm. What do we do with that? You Rosebud. Know? <laughs> Rosebud is here. What's that from? Uh, uh, Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane. He, it's like a guy who spent his whole life trying to find something, but is the lost object. The final twist of the movies. He's. It's a. It's an old. It's an old sled that he loved as a child. Mm-hmm. And it's just been his whole life has been just trying to get back to Rosebud. He's yeah. He's um. It's like a parody of. William Randolph Hearst. Yeah. And it's like, so this man who like acquired so much wealth, just amassed massive wealth. And at the end, all he wants is the sled that he had when he was a kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there it is. Tear. Tear for that. (laughs) But yeah, the lost object for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. And then what happens if you found that, you know, what would you do? But that would be what What would would be so enjoyable about, and this is staying the obvious, but it wasn't obvious to me for most of my life about poetry. It's like, no, no, you don't want to get it. You just want to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually, I, I have, I'm I have. Make out with it. Make, make out, out with, with it. Poem. I have left understanding at the door. Like I, if I wanted you to understand what I was saying, I would have written it differently. Yeah. Because I can make, I can tell a linear story. I can, I have the, that ability. Yeah. I don't want you to understand it. Yeah. I just for like a moment want to use the language that I have to do something right yeah yeah. that's that's 
beyond understanding. I don't, I don't care about that. That's not the point. I mean, it definitely is bringing to mind right now, like the idea of like without memory or desire, like showing up to something, a person or a poem or mm-hmm. something engaging and saying, Hey, I'm leaving my memory, meaning my ideas of what this is by behind me. And then my desire, what I want it to be mm-hmm. left behind. So it, so then I can actually be with what it is, you know, mm-hmm. that's very difficult to do. Did you guys ever see the movie Memento? Yes. Okay. Well, it, it, it's, it's like, um, who is that? Dirk? Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. He's the one that's done like Inception and all these things. And it's such a provocative movie. It, it'd be so interesting to approach it psychoanalytically because. Uh, y Theory, I think, has done it. Have, have they? Yeah. Okay. Oh, look at this. Well, it just reminds me of Without Memory or Desire because essentially what he has is short-term memory loss. Or is it long-term memory loss? I don't I don't know exactly. But he can only remember things for like, oh, God. It's not like, like an, an, an hour. hour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. But I guess everybody's spoiler alert because I'm going <laughs> to ruin this movie. But like. <laughs> spoiler um, alert it's essentially like in the in the movie there's something about a conspiracy about his wife being killed or something like that and he's tracking down the killer mm-hmm. and he has the story of all the things and clues written on his body and tattoos oh, okay so he wakes up it's and, and now everything's been erased and he has to look at the tattoos again he's like oh and basically what you come to realize at the very end of the movie is there was a guy that essentially lied to him about his wife's death that set off the whole course of events Oh and that, shit! And, and that got him tattooing and doing all this stuff, and it was just one little lie, one and then like the whole thing. thing in the system, and and uh, I, I'm just thinking about this idea of without memory or desire, <laughs> it, it would be a both and. There, it would be a blessing and a curse to a certain extent. You could just be like, um, starting fresh, but I guess I'm thinking about the tattoos as what we do. Mm-hmm. We 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 have the idea of a reset. We, we could wake up fresh. Right. But we go back to our scripts and like, we let like me get impr- my bearings here. Yeah. Here's mm-hmm. truth. Here's reality. Let me read my Bible. Blah, blah, blah. You really are talking to some <laughs> Christian of audience. Course. <laughs> of course. I turned into a lunatic. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Or there's, um, it, it, it makes interpretation static, right? Mm-hmm. And so yes. it's like, it's on my body. I can't reinterpret what's happened. I've decided that this is what happened. Uh. I've decided that this is what it means. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now I proceed as if that is true. And yeah. it doesn't, it kind of doesn't matter if it's true or not. Right. It's just what's, what's been decided. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the <sighs> way, it's scary. a way of understanding. It's a way of making sense. Mm. And again, it's like as a, as a therapist, I want to make, I want to make things make less sense. Mm. Gosh, that's a good word for me. I'm Ooh, like, over interpretation. I need to take that in. I need to take that in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Have that things, is sometimes I mean, there's the, may, the pressure. Uh, I mean, maybe you could represent a certain crowd in the room, like, but 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 what is it that would be uniquely stressful for you about not making sense? Even though I'm sure there's a part of you that would relish in not making sense. Totally, but I think there's also shame. Like, I think mm-hmm. shame would be the biggest thing. I was like, not in in anxiety, like. Mm-hmm. The feelings of unknowability are, like I said, I think people generally have low tolerance mm-hmm. yeah. for emotions. Oh, and I think the emotional field of being in a place of not nonsense is a lot. That's what I would say. Mm. It is a lot. It's a lot. Um, it is a, the, like the sight of overwhelm. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. The sight of sight overwhelm. Of overwhelm. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
sort of overwhelm. At this, uh, I went to a, a seminar last week, and that was a lot of what was being talked about. It's like overwhelm being being the thing that um, stops that stops or or that is. I sh- she was not using healing. That's not the word, but it's the word that it's coming to my mind in this moment. It's not that it's healing, but it is like it's the thing that the overwhelm is. Yeah, the overwhelm is the thing that breaks the traumatic cycle. Huh? Coming to a state of overwhelm because you're not revisiting it. It's something else has happened, and it's not like I want to like court that. I don't right, necessarily right. want my no, patients to leave like more agitated but i also don't want them to not leave more agitated well, no, but it, are you are you trying is... to have a breakthrough moment here okay <laughs> well i think that the, Fuck the breakthrough that is the thing though is like you know if you know if we are if we do believe and i kind of do that generally most adults are kind of having to dissociate most of their feelings mm-hmm. for survival mm-hmm. that the role of a therapist would be to help patients to feel their unfelt feelings Mm -hmm. and those feelings are not necessarily gonna be good happy feelings i was listening to a fucking ad on my podcast and it was like oh yeah better help you should call get better help you know having a therapist is so great because it's something to look forward to in your week and it's so positive and (laughs) they give you all these things and i just was like fuck this whole thing Mm because like that's not the therapy i have and i'm glad i don't but like Dang, did that sound nice? This idea of like a therapy that will fix your problems mm-hmm. and will be like make you feel good and you're going to walk away feeling calmer. Somebody to talk to. <laughs> yeah. Someone to talk to who's yeah. always supportive. <laughs> well, I mean, and, it, and if people could be 100% understood, the manualized treatments would be exactly the solution. They would work. You could right. do the worksheet. And it would fix you because we have figured out being a human being. We've got it. Yeah. Right in your dream journal. Not dream journal. Wouldn't be a dream journal. (laughs) Right in your journal. Update your calendar and um, learn how to box breathe. And we got it. We figured it out. Like that's what you need. And I I honestly, I don't have a problem with any of the the behavioral methods in, in that they, I do think that they help people cope with like being a human being. And frankly, it's really hard to be a human being, especially right now, especially in this current moment, especially with what we have going on. And if everybody wants to just cope through it, like fucking love that for you, go for it. And also, and also I don't, I'm not so interested in doing that. Right. Yeah. I, I'm not so interested in um, making it easier to cope with our oppression. We're all That's dealing good. with how much we can, we want to anesthetize ourselves mm-hmm. yeah, or feel our emotions, essentially, mm-hmm. I feel like. It can't just be a constant stream of only exclusively always feeling our emotions. Right. We and it breaks. also can't be a constant stream of only denying and denying repressing and, and anesthetizing. Yeah. Got to yeah. find some, but way to but integrate. I guess I would say for, uh, I I I don't know quite what I'm saying. We could always be feeling our feelings, but maybe that doesn't need to be feeling our feelings and being overwhelmed by our feelings, right? Yeah. So it, I think that would be his. Like you could, you know, I, I think ideally one could generally feel most of their feelings. Although I don't know, that's probably a fantasy. 
all, all I all I want to say is like in the therapeutic context, if it's overwhelm, I think there have been times where my therapist's position of not knowing or confusion has led to a certain sort of anxiety. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know if I'd use the word overwhelm, although I have no problem using the word overwhelm. But like I, I would sense anxiety or discomfort or embarrassment maybe mm-hmm. even sometimes if I'm not being understood. But when I now understand the approach, I think we more have fun with it now. And that's been also a type of therapy Yeah, to be able to be like, I don't know what that was and to laugh about it. Yeah, because Mm -hmm. I mean, there's this famous phrase that like, it's the mark of a superior to like to hold two competing truths in tension or whatever F Scott Fitzgerald, but like. I've now been more, more like, <laughs> if that's that it. Guy. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's like, oh, oh, it, wouldn't it be the mark of superior intellect, whatever that means? Maybe take it, take the idea of superior out of it. When maybe it's a, maybe it's good for your mental health or your general mm-hmm. being to be able to hold hundreds of competing truths, all mm-hmm. intention, and not have to have one win, and not have to like feel that anxiety of like, is there a right interpretation mm-hmm. to what's happening? Mm-hmm. Let's all just be a little confused about this. Mm-hmm. No mm-hmm. word is landing perfectly to describe the situation mm-hmm. accurately. Right. And if, and if our goal is not to be understood, our goal is to be in the misunderstanding together. Mm-hmm. Those are very different goals. Yeah. Oh, it could be so fun. Oh, it yeah. could be so fun. <laughs> it could be. It could be. It could be. It could be. So fun. It could yeah. be. It could be. Yeah. And terrifying and everything else. All of the things. Because this yeah. would be like play, right? A little bit. Be like play. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will say this. I think that for me, I find myself in this position working with such young children that the misunderstanding gap is so obvious. Mm -hmm. Like it's so clear that we are miss missing each other Mm -hmm. because I think that there is that even just the age and development gap makes it so obvious. But, but, but even with that said, I still feel, and I think that, I mean, I feel like part of the, Thing that keeps us maybe from this relaxed posture of misunderstanding is the superego, mm. which is this dictator that says, no, there is a way and it is tied to something moral and it's tied to something of superiority and value and what these things are. Mm-hmm. So I think that can get going too. Because even I am like, yeah, you think it'd be easy to be like, oh yeah, we're always misunderstanding each other. You're a three-year-old and then I'm not you are 218 i'm 218 exactly and yet and yet i still sometimes walk away go i didn't understand i I mean i'm Mm. i'm frustrated by i didn't i don't you know i missed something and it's now i'm like shame on you what yeah there's shame i think shame enters and i'm like well what if what if the goals are different and what if that's the therapy you're offering yeah Exactly. The different I'm missing goals. It. I'm missing mm-hmm. it here. The different goals. <laughs> um, all right. Do we want to turn into a jingle? We got different goals. Is it uh, is it our wind down time? Oh, it's just a tease. It's just it's a, a tease. We have to have Katie on again. I know. I feel like you should be a, a regular. In I think one day we'll get Katie and Ruben to meet. Yes. And then we could have all. Just of you felt on. like Pac Man and Miss Pac Man meeting in the little story. <laughs> Just because you guys have a lot of shared interests. Cool. Well, something okay. in our lives is like Lacan is in the room. Lacan is being talked about often and frequently. Mm. Ruben's on a Lacan Ruben's kick a big right Y now. Theory fan. Yep. 
It's a great podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's currently obsessed with Todd McGowan. <laughs> I mean, uh, of the people to be obsessed with, I think he's a good one. I enjoy Todd McGowan very much. I find Todd McGowan fine. I find him a little annoying. I find him fine. I but spent, that's just me. <laughs> I spent a week in Ireland with Todd McGowan and Peter Rollins. Okay. Really and they're talking about brag. Why don't conversion. You? Mm-hmm. And psychoanalysis and yeah, capitalism. like like conversion disorder, yeah, yeah, and that and and Jameson Webster was like yeah, that. Jameson mm-hmm. Webster yeah. is big on conversion. It was disorder. really cool. That's cool. I mean, I, I I tend to follow like because I am a clinician. I tend to follow like Bruce Fink more than anything because yeah, he's the one who like translates Lacan into something that can be clinical, right? Um, but yeah, Todd McGowan's fun when I want to. I mean, more fun than Zizek, I think. If you want to like that's get into claim. the theory. oh, that's more fun than Zizek, but Zizek is just, just so, so fun. fun. Zizek is fun, but wise. but yes, personality wise, yes. And then sometimes he writes an essay and he's like, "All right, so here's Lamella," and I'm like, "What the fuck are you? What is no, on Lamella? paper? Zizek is hard, hard, yeah. difficult. Yeah. yeah, right. I guess maybe I'm mostly going off of personality. Yeah. Well, I tried yeah. to read his book. That Reuven gave me, and I was like, oh my no. gosh. I liked him when I was watching his YouTube videos, but this book is in... Yeah, Zizek has a book called How to Read Lacan, and I think I left that book more confused about how to read Lacan <laughs> than I went, than when I started. I was like, I don't think Zizek... But that's the paradoxical wormhole, whatever, yeah. is like... That's what everybody keeps saying. It's like, you can't, you can't understand Lacan. Yeah, he's, he's complicated on purpose. Yeah. Nonsense. 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 Talking um, nonsense and knowing stuff. Do we want to ha- say anything like little takeaways? Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, in terms of lesser and more curious and no small thing, um, I would say offering tools for curiosity. It's like uh, poetics, the inscrutable, not getting it. That's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's great. Yeah, be, be keep, keeping keeping the understanding at a distance and enjoying that, you know, that never getting it. Mm-hmm. But also, obviously, obviously, you're getting something in the not getting it. But mm-hmm. I mean, I love the metaphor of not, of making out. Like mm-hmm. that's a great one. I mean, these are new. These I are feel new like things for me. I feel like Katie would enjoy missing out by Adam Phillips because that's the whole. <sighs> he has a chapter one that's what's like. On getting it, on not getting it, on getting yeah. away with it, getting on away not it. getting away with it. It's so good. It's just all yeah. the things. On not getting away with it. You're getting, yeah, like, on getting away with it. You're like, oh, this is, on not getting away with it. Oh, oh. I'm getting it. Um, okay, here's my takeaway. Well, let me just say off that to associate with it and get you right to it before I lose it. But, like, that was an aha moment when I heard it about a year ago because he uses the idea of getting a joke. Mm-hmm. And what, what, why the anxiety of not getting it? Why do we want to get it? What happens when we get it? The, sort of just the embarrassment of not getting it, but like True. the not ambivalence about is... actually getting it and what happens if we don't. And that's just a great little springboard for conversation right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, my takeaway is whenever I read poetry, I'm actually making out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's so much, okay. it's so much sexier yeah. than you think. But I would say Excuse in me. like a way that is more like, 218 right oh, it's not that sexy it's not <laughs> it's i wish people could see the room you guys are both selling it so well because you keep talking like you're about to say something serious i'm like <laughs> oh my gosh i got you got me again it's it's like that uh it's like that um never gonna give you up never, I'm like, oh, yeah, click we're, on it it's we're 218 you. again 
<laughs> We're too eighteen of you. Oh man. Well that that is because because I mean, even as you think about it, what would perfect making out look like? That sounds terrible. Right. right. Oh, I mean no, it's that's... the worst. I mean I'm imagining like two very tight lips just like but we're doing it perfectly. And it's, it. it would be horrible. We practice. No. We practice for this. And painful yeah. and no, awful. I put my lips exactly like this because I was yeah. trained to do and I'm meaning something when I do it exactly we like this. We are perfectly aligned every time we kiss and it's <laughs> so good. And I'm like, that can't be good. No. Someone's got to come at it. Hey. hey. Someone's got to come at it sideways. Yeah, they do. They really do. They really when do. you came into my life, I missed you so bad. Exactly. Wow, we said a lot of things, you guys. Um, do I don't you have know. any takeaways, Katie? I mean, you were the guest. Takeaways from take your own content? What, you brought. Um, what did you learn from yourself tonight? I think I, you know... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Life is a highway. No, um, I think. Well, this was just like fun to work with. I think, and to to borrow minds. So, Ooh, mine circle. Borrowed. So minds were borrowed. Full yeah. circle. Minds have been borrowed. There we go. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Uh, we have no updates. Uh, we, we, used, we used to ask people for reviews. <laughs> <laughs> you could give us a review. We ask would appreciate we, it. Like, did we it. land the plane? Oh, did we did land we the plane? <laughs> Shame on us if we landed the plane. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I guess I'll say, <laughs> this is turning into cliches, but like we're back. We're back. We, we took a break from We took a break. We'll be slowly, uh, slowly coming back. Yeah. We're going to have some guests. Yeah. We're going to have some episodes. We're Katie, a podcast. Ruben, we're a podcast. Uh, <laughs> all right. Thanks okay, for listening, everybody. everybody. For listening. See you next week. <laughs>